0: You're listening to A Date With Data, with your host, Amy Bitterman. Hey, it's Amy, and I'm so excited to be hosting A Date With Data. I'll be chatting with state and district special education staff who, just like you, are dealing with IDEA data every day. A Date With Data is brought to you by the IDEA Data Center. Welcome to part two of my conversation with Leah Voorhees, who is the Assistant Superintendent of Student Support with the Utah State Board of Education, and Alyssa Trollinger, who is the Deputy Associate Superintendent for Exceptional Student Services with the Arizona Department of Education. We are going to pick up where we left off last time as they continue to share their state stories about how data play an important role in their initiatives and priorities. Um, We've talked about a number of things, I think, that are really exciting and and interesting. Um, What's something else that that you're really excited about that's that's going on right now?
1: Well, um, we have finally, I would say, within the last six months, been able to get uh, some traction with our school improvement. I'm really envious of Leah's. I'm not envious. Let me take that back. I was going to say I'm envious of Leah's oversight of school improvement. I'm not. I don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I I am envious of the uh, relationship that she's been able to create because I think we really struggle with that Mm -hmm. in the time that I've been state director. And we have a new superintendent of public instruction. He started in January and uh there's been some change at the agency leadership level and with that we have been able to start working with school improvement to try and work across systems to make change happen so um, that's really exciting i i think uh that gives us an opportunity to scale up structures that we already have in place to do root cause analysis and to support improvement in literacy achievement in particular our uh state systemic improvement plan is geared around k3 literacy achievement and it's already aligned to our state's move on when reading initiative hmm. which basically is is once a, a any child has has hit third grade we want them to be able to be literate um aligning our asset literacy goal with the move on when reading initiative has meant that we have access to a lot more benchmark assessment data than we had previously Mm. in arizona it's not a requirement that schools submit periodic um, uh, updates on their data on Mm -hmm. their their children's achievement and so we've been able to leverage the move on reading requirements in order to help us understand what's happening with our root cause analyses. We've tied our SIP, our ESIP goals to our programmatic monitoring system. So again, that's a way for us to leverage participation um, and to ensure that we're able to do deep dives and that the LEAs are committed to this work. Um, but now I think with the relationship that we're forming with school improvement, we might be able to scale up some of these efforts. Um, I think one of the challenges for us is to do exactly what what Utah has already started. It's to really dive into the data and look Mm -hmm. at it at a school level. So I think that that's one of the things that we're gonna be building into our dashboards.
0: Great, and you have Leah to turn to for-
1: I do. (laughs)
0: What they've been doing and learn from them. Leah, what what about you in Utah? What's um, something going on that you're really excited about?
2: um the work that we are doing across school improvement and special education is really exciting to me uh this year um our team so an individual from the special ed team and an individual from the school improvement team um coached five schools um, after we did the regression analysis um of schools that were including students um more than the state average, and that had better or worse um, outcomes. Mm-hmm. Um, we then factored in the the schools in the state who had been identified for targeted support and improvement only for students with disabilities so if they had multiple student groups we pulled them out Mm -hmm. of the calculation and so we only ended up with seven schools oh except that we also added in the leas who had high risk in our results driven accountability matrix so the lea had to have high risk Mm -hmm. the school had to be identified for tsi only for students with disabilities and Mm -hmm. they had to have um uh better than um they had to be including students with disabilities at least at the state average Mm -hmm. um and that that only yielded seven schools across the state which is fascinating we have almost 1200 schools so we contacted every one of them and we said hey we'd like to help you um, improve outcomes for students with disabilities which will help you exit tsi status Mm -hmm. we'd like to help you do that compliantly so you you help your lea improve your results driven accountability risk related to compliance and related to Indicator 3. And so five of them took us up on it. And we have been coaching um, five uh, schools across the state this year. Hmm. And um, and the major focus has been uh, having them look at their data um, from different perspectives um having them uh, look at any and all program improvement plans school improvement plans that they have um because they have multiple Mm -hmm. at the lea and or the school level creating one comprehensive plan Mm -hmm. with prioritized action steps 90-day action steps um and uh, and then bringing to bear all of the resources at the state level that we can to be able to support them professional learning technical Mm -hmm. assistance um special grants sometime if they Mm -hmm. need it for personnel that kind of thing um and it's really exciting we we have um we are forming really good relationships and we have other schools that are interested in participating this year Mm -hmm um and um we're looking forward to uh to the school improvement results that Mm -hmm. will be coming out in the fall to see um if these schools are making enough progress that they would be able to exit uh, Mm -hmm. next year or i mean they get four years but it would be great if they could exit sooner rather than later
0: yeah and then you could yeah see those kind of hopefully earlier successes too yeah, and be able to start there's
2: a trend you yes know, that it's making a difference and mm-hmm. if, then if other schools are interested uh, are, are the current work that we're doing internally is how can we scale this up what mm-hmm. is our capacity mm-hmm. um, to scale it up
0: and this is beyond um special education this is right across yeah. the
2: it's, wow. We're calling it integrated coaching because it's school mm-hmm. improvement and Fantastic. special ed are integrating mm-hmm. um, the the practices of the two two different organ uh, the two different sections of our agency.
0: Yeah, wow. I've I've been hearing I feel like more and more states are sort of trying to go more in that direction of not having it all so siloed. But if there are struggling, you know, schools and districts. And there's all these different requirements for corrective action and and those sorts of things. It really should kind of not be done in isolation. It should be um, because all of these issues and, and challenges and things going on are all intertwined. So it just makes sense to kind of bring, you know, everyone together to sort of try to tackle those issues. So that's really neat it does, and
2: it's been really interesting um to look at the leadership level of of the leas because when we started you know we the school improvement director and i we contacted the lea special education director and mm-hmm. the title one mm-hmm. director and said hey we have this idea and then they all contacted at least an assistant superintendent mm-hmm. in one of the five we have the superintendent um that participates in the meetings mm-hmm. so there's one of the the side of, side benefits not a side effect but a side benefit is that um the the title office in the leas is really learning about results driven mm-hmm. accountability and lear- learning about special education compliance and learning about mm-hmm. the spp and the apr and the special education director. Although we have tried, you know, to provide technical assistance um, to special education directors about every year about schools that are identified for TSI. Mm-hmm. Every single year, we provide them information. They don't really okay. get it,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but the ones that we're working with now are getting it because they're they're really diving into how was this school identified for TSI and what do they have to do to exit. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that been a, a really good benefit. Of course, it's a very, very small sample size, but we hope to increase it.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and Amy, I'll, I'll say, I mean, this is really exciting to listen to. And and side note, this is one of the nice things about working with really, really talented state special education directors as colleagues, because you, you learn a lot and mm-hmm. uh, you take a lot of notes from people who are doing good work. Um, that's exciting to hear. Everything you've just described, Leah, is exactly where we want to go. I think the, the struggle for us is helping uh, all of the parties at the leadership level, both internally and externally, understand that special education isn't the job of special education alone. Because we keep having to remind folks that our students are general education students first and that these efforts to support with professional development and technical assistance need to come, we, we need to come together to provide that. Um, there's a tendency internally, I think, and externally to shuffle off that work to special education only. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel like we're we're really trying to help model that at the agency level so that we can get that work at the, the local level done properly. And the fact that you're overseeing that really, really helps, I think, manage manage resources and ensure that the work is done in an integrated way. So... That's very, very interesting and hopeful for me that maybe that's a place we can get to. Yeah,
2: And the hope for me is that it actually makes a difference. (laughs) Sure, sure.
0: And then having those stories and being able to share those out within the state, but then also, you know, talking to your your districts too in Arizona and showing them look at what this kind of collaboration, how this really helped improve um, results. Will kind and of be so the, the carrot. Yeah. We
1: expect we expect big things from Utah. So do it. <laughs> yeah, I can uh-huh. lead the way, and then... I do too.
0: <laughs> so what what about plans for the future? What what do you have coming up, Alyssa? Do you want to start that
1: off? Sure. Um, again, our, our our big plan at this moment. I actually have a meeting today to to figure it out. Is to redesign or reorganize uh, our internal structure to be re- to provide professional development and technical assistance in a more data responsive way um, i feel like if we can set our internal structure in leadership and personnel and data practices then we're 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 not going to be we're we're trying to get out of a uh, spray and pray model where we hope that we're hitting the right um, the right marks. We actually want to use our data, plan our and and, and plan our resources efficiently and in a targeted way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I'm sure that that may sound simple to people who are listening, but it, it really does take a lot of effort. Um, and in order to even get to this place, we've had to make sure that our data is right
0: mm-hmm. and.
1: So that's that's really exciting work um, and it's kind of challenging work because it it means we are asking people to rethink the way that they've offered professional development. We may be cutting contracts with longstanding projects that that have meant a lot to us over time. But if, mm-hmm. if the data shows that they're not making an impact, we need to move forward with things that will make an impact. Yep. Um, so that's that's a lot of the internal work that we're hoping will help us focus our efforts on increasing achievement. And that's, that's going to be a lot for us over the next couple of years.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a big chunk to bite off, but Mm -hmm. ultimately, yeah, for, for the best and really being able to use that data um, at all levels for, for improvement.
2: Great. Yeah, that's, that's really courageous Mm. work. So as long as I'm here, Alyssa, I'm your cheerleader. <laughs> Thank
1: you so much, Leah. Uh,
2: in Utah, we are we're, we're really looking at internally at making sure that as EdPass is implemented, that we don't have the the timeliness and lack of accuracy issues that we have had in the past and it, it's it's not consistent issues so it's not like we can say here's the thing that we've done wrong I think a lot of it has been related to personnel changes and we have we have um a, a consistent team now and so um we're hoping that that will that will make a difference um for the next couple of years so uh, internally that's one of our big goals um externally we are we will be um, expanding the integrated coaching um, that we are Mm -hmm. doing. So I will be reporting to the schools that in year two, I mean, I just got the data recently from our statistician about um, which schools are doing better than expected and which schools are not doing as well as we would expect. Um, And I'll start meeting with leadership teams here in the next couple of weeks to talk to principals and leadership teams, special ed directors, title directors, about how we at this state can support um, improvement when it's needed. And those teams that are doing better than expected, what they're doing um, that we can add to our list Mm -hmm. of, of promising practices that we are then going to be very systematically sharing with the rest of our state um and so we're putting together the dissemination tools um the systematic dissemination tools to be able to advertise those bright spots Mm -hmm. um, across our state those promising practices and to be able to provide the tools that other schools need putting together a systematic dissemination plan so that any school in our state who is interested whether or not they're doing well or they need to improve because students with disabilities proficiency is low everywhere even Mm -hmm. for the schools that are doing better than expected it's still not good yeah so um every school in the state would be able to access information about how to um, implement the practices that we have found are working across our state and so that's our next step and in 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 doing that we have to have the data available and in a a format that anyone in the school can make sense of it and can go oh this is where my class my students um the students that I provide services for, the students that I am responsible for, fit into this story, and this is mm-hmm. what I can do to to work on improving outcomes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, really making it so that it's understandable to to everybody, and that they'll. It's great to see, you know, things that are working and and what's going well, but taking that next step to really then be able to connect it to themselves personally and what their context is, exactly. is a whole other, yeah, thing. So,
2: And that's... it's interesting, I, I'll just state, so I I've, like I said, I've been going around the state talking to people about their data, mm-hmm. and I tell them, you gave us this data, <laughs> then we analyzed it, now I'm giving it back to you. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to me how many people say they don't believe it. Yeah. yeah so many people say oh i don't believe that like oh
1: well or, you were they making an ass- or they make an assumption that uh we've done something, something to, to it, it. yeah mm-hmm. yeah i would agree
0: yeah it makes you feel like well they're not necessarily looking at their data themselves before mm-hmm. it it gets mm-hmm. submitted um and that might be an important step and help convince them that this is really the data that you gave us so yeah and also
2: go. i i don't think they want to take responsibility for the fact that students with disabilities yeah. are not doing well yeah even the ones that are doing better than others mm-hmm. are not doing well like there's a huge gap and and everyone is responsible
0: yep.
1: for that yeah
0: yeah they don't want to believe it really <laughs> it's, it's true. i
1: i would have to agree with leah on that as we've uh really over the last couple of years done the i called the spp apr um data visualization with people the data conversations Mm -hmm. i think it's been shocking for Mm -hmm. stakeholders parents and schools to understand how poorly students with disabilities are doing and i think that the struggle always is in helping um LEA general education and administrators understand that students with disabilities uh, are are gen ed students first and that they need to be invested in in ensuring that they get instruction and services, just like any other child. Um, Even internally, I've heard what is special education going to do about that? Mm -hmm. And my response back when I hear that is, what are we going to do about that? Because they're also your kids. Yeah. Agreed.
0: (laughs) Well, it sounds like there's a lot going on and a lot you have planned. And this has been such an interesting conversation. I've loved hearing all about your stories and, and the great work you've been doing. So thank you both so much for joining.
2: Thank you for having us. Thank you. This has been fun. It has been.
0: To access podcast resources, submit questions related to today's episode, or if you have ideas for future topics, we'd love to hear from you. The links are in the episode content, or connect with us via the podcast page on the IDC website at ideadata.org.